Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. changes it for us and it's like we get stuck in the cycle of disappointment just like if that was the gift that you got given at Christmas like what's your expectation going to be of your next gift I'm not going to expect a good one because I got a last a rubbish one last time now for many of us I think we can all probably sit here and say that we have experienced seasons in our life of joy of goodness of happiness of God's provision And it has been a beautiful thing to be a part of. And we praise God for those seasons, don't we? We love those seasons. Yet I'm also aware that for all of us in this room, we can encounter, have have encountered or are encountering times of disappointment. Times where our expectation doesn't line up with our experience. And I really believe that God this morning wants to break that. He wants to break the chains of disappointment. He wants to step into a place where it feels like he's not going to, but he wants to so that we can pray, so that we can dream, so that we can believe with an increased expectation of what God can do in our lives. I believe he wants that for us this morning. Can we pray? Pray together as we start. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just pray and invite you into this space. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Would you come and minister to us? Lord, would you reveal yourself to us? Father, where there are chains of disappointment this morning, we pray that you would break them. Lord, we pray that we'd have hearts open to you this morning. Lord, would you come and transform us through your word? Lord, let us walk out of these people, out of this room, a changed people. Yeah, we just invite you into all things, Father. Amen. Amen. So this morning is is coming from from a place in here. It's coming from a place of vulnerability. It's coming from a place of, I feel like I'm living it. And I, I believe that there are people in this room that will also feel like that. So, just sort of pre-warning. Um, but it's okay, because here's a safe space. I want to create a safe space this morning where you can be vulnerable, where you can feel your heart, and, and let God minister into that. If you've got your Bibles, uh, I'd love for you to turn to Luke. We're looking at uh, Luke 1, and we're starting at verse 5. And I'm just going to go through the story, it's the story of Zechariah, and we'll sort of go through the passage as as the talk unfolds. So let's start at verse 5. It says, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. 
One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week, as was the custom of the priests. He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. So we see Zechariah is married to a woman called Elizabeth, uh, and despite being righteous, uh, keeping the commandments, being faithful to God, it says that Elizabeth was unable to conceive. In some versions of the Bible, it says that she was barren. That means like, empty, nothing. She was unable to have children. And you know what? That can be quite easily skipped over. But for them, in their culture of that time, that was a big deal. That was a very, very big deal. Because you're expected to be able to have a child, and particularly a boy, to carry on the family name. And they would have felt shame. They would have been probably ostracized in some way. And people would have thought, it's because of your sin that God is punishing you, and therefore you can't conceive a child. This is a big deal, and it's interesting that that is mentioned here. See, Zechariah was a priest uh, who served in the temple, and in those days there were thousands and thousands of men who were part of the priesthood, and these men were split into 24 groups, which meant that each group served the temple for two weeks of the year. Uh, and out of these men, so when it was your week, out of the, the group that you were in, one would be chosen to go into the holy place uh, and burn the incense and effectively bring the prayers of the nation, the prayers of Israel, before God. This was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It was massive. Many priests didn't get to do this. This was a big deal. And this time, as we read, it falls to Zechariah. Verse 11, 12 says this, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. I think we would all be shaken and filled with fear, wouldn't we? Um, over our Christmas series, we're going to be looking a lot at angels and how angels come and meet people in the Christmas story. And this is the first one. And what happens do we see in the Bible as maybe you've read it um, or you've, you've been to like nativity plays and stuff and you know the Christmas story. What generally happens when an angel appears to someone? They're afraid. They're scared. They're like, what is this? Imagine this for a moment. You're Zachariah. You're chosen. It's your big day. Once in a lifetime opportunity. You've witnessed someone else do this for the last however many years. You've probably rehearsed in your head over and over again exactly what you would do, exactly what you would say, how you would do it and how you would say it. You stand there with the weight of the nation effectively on your shoulders in the presence of God because this is where God meets, comes down to earth in the holy place. This is where his presence dwells, and boom, an angel shows up. Shocked? Frightened? I think that's understandable, and right, rightly so. 
See, Zechariah was holding the dreams of his nation, the prayers of his nation, to be set free, to, have a, to bring the Messiah, to set them free from their enemies. You know, I don't know if you know, but it mentions in the text uh, about how this was the time of King Herod. And if you do any research on Herod, he is one of, if not the, worst king of Israel ever. The way he murdered people, the way he led, was just horrific. Absolutely horrific. And until this point, God hasn't spoken for about 400 years. There's been a sense of darkness. And what's amazing is that God chooses this moment to speak in. He chooses one of the darkest points in Israel's history to speak in. He sends his angels to speak to Zechariah. And I think that in itself, if you take anything away from this morning, that no matter how dark your life may seem, the situation may seem right now, however pitch black it is and you don't know where you're going, it's never too black for God to step in. It's never too dark for lightness to come in and to shift. Because he steps in here and we see it. But not only was Zechariah holding up the, the, the prayers and the weight of the nation before God, he also had his own prayer, his own pain, his own suffering. He had a personal tragedy that him and Elizabeth were facing. And what does the angel say? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. They say, do not be afraid, Zachariah. God has heard your prayer. If we carry on, it says, your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be the man with the spirit of, and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Wow. What a person, hey? What a responsibility there. But in that moment, Zachariah's fear almost turns to astonishment in a way. He's like, a son? What are you on about? Is that actually what I've just heard? You just said that Elizabeth and I are going to have a son? That's going to actually prepare the way for the Messiah? That's going to prepare the way for the plans that you have for us? You've got to be, you've got to be wrong, not me. You don't know, you don't know who we are. Like we're old. We can't have children. Does that not blow your mind? Because it probably blew his mind, the fact that this angel was saying this to him. He's answered your prayer. Isn't it amazing when we see that prayers are answered, that it blows our mind? It's like, God's done that. God's done that. It's part of the humanness of us. We can't compute it. When God steps in and he answers prayer, it blows our minds. And Zachariah's son, as we know, uh, has come to, we know to come, uh, sorry, we know is John the Baptist. Uh, he's called 
by God to prepare the way and make the people ready for Jesus. And what is so amazing is this, is that what to him was his own personal prayer is exactly the same answer to the nation's prayer, isn't it? The nation needed freedom, needed rescuing, needed releasing from their enemies. He wanted a son. He wanted a child. And the answer to his insignificant prayer in, in the grand scheme of things played a part in the bigger picture. To me, that's amazing. And I love it when we see that happen in, in our own lives, how what is maybe insignificant in the grand scheme of things, you know, God just says, boom, and it's part of a much bigger, greater plan. Finally, we see that Zechariah says something, um, and what does he say? He says, how can this be? I'm an old man, and my wife, Elizabeth, is well along in years. He can't even believe the promise, can he? He can't believe it. He's like, we're well along in years. We can't have children. You've got the wrong person. He can't believe the answer to prayer, even though he's been praying it. That's his prayer. Yet he can't believe it to be answered. Why? Because of the past pain and hurt and disappointment has robbed him of the future promise. See, all the years that they've gone without having a child, the wounds are too big, are too sore for him to ever come to a point where he could believe he now can have a child. Zachariah's held back from the promise for tomorrow because of his disappointment of the past. And I believe that we sometimes are in that position as well. How often, if we think, how often must they have prayed for a child? How often must they have done that? How many nights would they have been up crying, begging, pleading for a child? This was their prayer. This was their life. And I feel that this is a message for us today. Because this isn't an issue that just happened back then. I believe this is an issue that is happening right now. There's people that are hurting, that are crying, that are pleading for a child. And there's disappointment there. And they're wanting God to speak into that. And maybe you've gone through that yourself. Maybe you know someone who's gone through that. Maybe, if you're like me, you are going through it right now. And it's tough. And it's hard. And you've got disappointment. But I believe God wants to break that this morning. He wants to break that disappointment. Because he can step into the darkest of places of our lives. You know, nationally, one in seven couples struggle to conceive. So look around the room. There's more than seven of us here. This doesn't just affect the church. It affects our community here. It affects us. 
And I have a feeling, I have a sense that there are people that this is hard, that this is a real struggle. And I want you to know that this is a safe space and that if you would like prayer for that, then please come and find me after the service and I would love to pray with you. I know that we have a prayer team here that would love to pray with you. Don't do this on your own and journey on your own, but get that support that you need. Do you know what's beautiful about this passage is the fact that God chooses them, doesn't he? He chooses them. The ones that society have probably written off. The ones that were never going to have a child. Yet he chooses them. He chose Elizabeth to be the carrier of John the Baptist. The one who's going to make a way for the Messiah. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that such a beautiful picture? And do you know what that tells me? It tells me that God can use and God can restore anything for his glory. Anything for his glory. Whatever that situation is in your life where there's disappointment, where there's heartache, where there's pain, where there's suffering, where it seems completely black, God can speak into that and he can restore anything for his glory. See, all those years they've been praying, and what had they received? Nothing but frustration. Nothing but disappointment. And now finally God steps in, and he, he's saying, I'm going to give you a child. And he presents to them what they've, what they've wanted, what they've longed for. And what is Zachariah's response? This is too good to be true. Too good to be true. You've got the wrong person. He couldn't believe it. They were old. Yet God was giving them the very thing that they'd been praying for. It's almost like you're saying, saying to Zachariah, like, wake up. Like, what has your prayer life been? Have you literally just been stood there praying empty prayers without the expectation of what God's going to do and how he's going to move? I think we can pray like that, if we're honest. We can pray in some ways, empty prayers because our expectancy of God to do a miracle isn't there. So I want to ask you this morning, like when we pray, when you pray, are you just going through the motions? Or are you doing what it says here? And are you expecting a miracle? Are you expecting that God is going to step in and that he's going to intervene? Are you trusting that that's going to happen? See, even though the angel said, do not fear, Zachariah could only speak out of his fears, out of his doubts. You see, it's, it's almost like he preferred the safety of his fear and doubt to the risk of being disappointed again. And maybe we feel a little bit like that with situations that we don't want to enter into again because we're, we're risk of being disappointed or being hurt again. He couldn't grab hold of this promise that was presented before him because of the pain and the hurt and the disappointment that he had experienced, even though it was the thing that he wanted most. Sometimes I think we live in the anticipation of disappointment rather than in the expectancy of what God can do in our lives. 
I think that's a real challenge for us this morning. What is our expectation? We can often have the attitude of, I prayed for it, it didn't happen. Or, I hoped for this and nothing came of it. Or, someone spoke a word over me and I've not seen that happen in my life. I I notice that sometimes in my own prayer life. I notice that that starts to creep in, the doubt, the fear, the disappointment. And that affects how I pray. Because I might be praying for an operation to go well and that's, that's great we want to be praying for those things we want to be praying for operations to go well and for the doctors and for all involved and we want to pray that over the next couple of weeks we'll see uh, you know, something change, a situation change but sometimes I feel like my boldness and my courage is and I need to be challenged on that because shouldn't I be praying for this shouldn't I be praying for that to see change now expecting a miracle and that's not to say it always happens how we expect it to happen or as we see in Zachariah's story it doesn't happen the first time that we pray it but that doesn't mean that we don't pray like this that doesn't mean we don't have the faith to be praying to a God who we know can do miracles that we know can change things in an instant so I want to ask you this morning what do you think he's capable of? How have you come to church this morning? What's your expectation of him? Are you expecting this? Are you expecting miracles this morning? Or have you come with an expectation of disappointment because that's been your past experience? And I pray and I hope that if that is the case, that those chains are broken and that we, we leave this place being free, knowing that we're praying to a God who does do miracles who is capable of doing miracles. There's a guy called Bob Pierce, who uh, he's a founder of World Vision, and he travels around uh, Africa and Asia, and he sees a lot of poverty. And something amazing that he does, that, that I'm recommending you do this, but he would, he would get to a point where he sees the situation is so bad that there's starvation and hunger that is so bad that he would write a check and just say, go and get some food. The problem with that it was a bad check. He didn't have any money, yet he wrote the check anyway. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you should do that. But in some ways, I, I don't always like when we say in, a, in, in an amazement because we shouldn't be amazed the fact that God does stuff like this. But his friends were amazed that no check ever bounced. No check ever bounce. God provided the money every single time. And he uses this little phrase as he was chatting to his friends and he says, in everything we do for God, we should always have God room. And he uses his hands as an illustration. He says, there's a need. The need's over here. Here's our resources. And everything in between is God's room. Do we have God's room in our lives today? Are you creating room in your life today so he can stretch you, so he can grow you, so he can mature you, so he can expand your horizon and be stretched like never before? And now I don't want to, this to come across like, oh, that's, that's all well and good, you know. Faith doesn't mean that we are blind to pain. Faith doesn't mean that we are blind to sadness. 
that we are blind to evil things that go on, that we are blind to disappointment. Faith doesn't mean that we just ignore those things. But what faith does is it means that we can stand and look those disappointments in the face and say, this isn't all there is for me. This isn't all there is for me. And this isn't how it's going to be for me. Because I've got faith in a God who does miracles. Because I've got faith that God can step in. Just like he stepped into Zechariah and Elizabeth's life, he can step in to yours. I wonder, can your faith be stretched this morning? Is God saying, I want to stretch your faith this morning? That thing that you're disappointed in? I know. I know. But you've got to give room for me. I want to grow you. Can you trust me? Perhaps there's someone that you've been praying for that you'd love to bring to church and uh, you've given up because they keep on saying no. I want to encourage you, start inviting them again. Start praying for them again. We've got a lot of things going on this Christmas that would be great for you to bring a friend to. We've got the all together next week. We've got the, the nativity in a couple of weeks. We've got the carol service. We've got Christmas Day. Start asking them again. Start praying for them again. Those people that maybe you've given up on because all you've seen is disappointment. All you've experienced is disappointment because you've not seen any change yet. Don't give up on them. Are we stuck in our fears? Are we stuck in our fears today? Can I invite the band up? That'd be great. Are you stuck in a place where actually you're wanting something so much, yet fear is, is gripping you from allowing God to give you what you want? The fear of disappointment. You know, I'm thinking about this this morning. Um, it was quite hard, quite tough. You guys didn't get the waterworks. The first service did. But that doesn't mean that it's not real. That doesn't mean that it's not hard. And that we're not all going through things where actually God can speak into and can bring light in such a dark situation. And in terms of praying, in terms of how we approach our prayer life, maybe look at it like this. Each prayer is like a domino that gets stacked. You keep going, you keep going, you keep praying. And you don't see any change. All you're doing is just you keep praying. Until one prayer it all topples over and change comes and God breaks in and a miracle happens and we praise God for it. But the thing is about that, that prayer that tipped was the tipping point. There's nothing special about that prayer. It's not like you've now found a special formula that means that that prayer gets answered. <clears throat> it's because you carried on doing it. There was consistency. You didn't give up. You didn't give up. Continue to pray for the miracle. Don't give up. He's heard your prayer. What does the angel say to Zachariah? God has heard your prayer. And I believe he hears 
our prayers this morning. And as you read further on in the story, you see that um, Zachariah was muted. He wasn't able to speak because he was speaking out of fear. It's almost like God saying, well, if you're not going to speak faith, if you're not going to speak positive, then you're not going to speak at all. And that may seem like a judgment, like a punishment for him. But for me, I see that as a beautiful thing of God's grace on Zachariah. To say, even in your unbelief, even in the fact that you're holding on to your fears and you don't believe it's true, I still choose to bless you. I still choose to bless you. I would love for us to, to stand. And I just want to say this as we go into some response time and prayer time. It's that I don't know every everyone here and your situation and how dark that may seem encourage you this morning that there's a God out there who loves you who cares for you maybe you don't even know him yet maybe you're like who even is this God who's Jesus that I heard hear people talking about he wants to he wants to be your friend he wants to be that light in the dark place he wants to be there in the dark times he wants to be there bringing the miracles so I want to encourage you maybe if you've never said yes to Jesus then this is a perfect time to do that and if that's you then please come and find me and I'd love to pray with you thanks for listening for more podcasts go to ivychurch.org forward slash media